Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, I'm Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. So Monday was National Clear Your Computer Day. That's why this month we're talking everything digital decluttering. I know we spent a lot of time on physical stuff, but here we go. We're going to delve deep into your computer. So today's guest, Judy Gurton, I met through Productive Environment Network, where I got my certification specialty thing. And Judy is the owner of Always Organized. She's out of Massachusetts. It has been her passion for the last 18 years. She loves to help entrepreneurs, business owners, and sales executives to be more productive and organized. So an example is when her client wants a new app or a new piece of technology, bright, shiny object, First, she wants to know why. Then together, they look at what they may already own that will accomplish their task without any more places to look, think wasted time, and often without having those increased operating costs, think lost money. Her clients call her many things, a trainer, mentor, coach, even a cheerleader. She helps her clients stop searching and start doing. Okay, Judy, I'm so glad you're here. Great to be here. Awesome. So are you ready to talk digital inbox? I am. Okay. Well, we both have worked with clients who feel their inbox is some sort of what I call digital hell. <laughs> it's bad enough when we come home to a whole pile of flyers and other junk mail that we would just throw in the trash. Now we're bombarded with the digital equivalent. I know I spent years in inbox hell. I was well over 40,000 emails when I first started my clean out. Embarrassing to admit, but true. And I don't know about you, but inbox zero, I don't think is ever getting me my friend. So in productive environment, we say it's not what you should do. It's what you will do. So Judy, where do you start with a client when they have an out of control inbox? Well, I start with a lot of questions. Why is your inbox so full? Do you save everything because you just don't know what else to do with it? You'd like to do something else, but it's just so overwhelming. How about those subscriptions? How many subscriptions do you have that you could get rid of? Is your inbox your digital archive? Do you just keep everything in there? Do you put them somewhere else? Do you use Evernote or OneNote or send them to Asana or somewhere else? Do you only know the basics? You know, read, reply, forward. Do you read your email but not process your email, you know, you open it, you close it, you open it, you close it. What's your, what's your way of acting in your inbox? Are you ready to take a next action when you're processing email? Do you steer away from that close button and look at what other choices you might have? Like 
Can you make a task? Can you send it to an event? Can you snooze it and have it come back later when you really do have time for it? Because you know, like I do, that those problems are real. People need to address what's going on. What's the behavior before they'll ever make a change in their inbox? I think one of the big words you've said here, which is so true, is thinking about processing your inbox. We think about processing the papers in the inbox we have on our desk, you know, physical papers. But I've never really thought about email as being that same concept about processing it. I think I more naturally do that now than I used to. But I know for a fact many years ago, there was no way. It just came in, I opened it, and I hit that red box. So I'm really excited about you talking more about that. Let's talk about how to not use your email inbox. I dare to say folks are guilty of at least one of the things on your list. I got the list ahead of time. So I know I have definitely done some of these things. Well, try to decide what is your communication policy. Is everything email? I mean, that's the default for so many people. Just shoot out an email. And they'll spend an hour writing the perfect email and hoping that it's going to answer all the questions. But you know, research shows that we read an email for 13.4 seconds. So if you're not getting the answer in 13.4 seconds, it's not going to happen. You're going to write another email and another email. So what other tools do you have at your disposal? If you work on a team, do you use a chat tool like uh, HipChat or Slack or Telegram? Is there some way for you to communicate that doesn't involve writing emails and searching inboxes that, you know, what you need is right inside a project, all neat and tidy and, you know, in order so you don't have to search. And a good old phone call. You know, if you're going back and forth in email three, four times with somebody, why don't you just pick up the phone? And even if it means leaving them a message and having them call you back, when you do talk to them, you'll get the answer that you need or set up a meeting with them. Use your email to send a meeting request. A 15-minute meeting, a 20-minute meeting, a 30-minute meeting. Get the things done that you need to have done and stop sitting in your inbox. I look at the inbox and texting as being very similar. They're places to send information. So if I'm sending an email, I'm more likely to send an attachment with it if there's detailed information. That way the person can keep it. Instead of having to follow the email, they can follow away the attachment. Would you agree with that as a good idea? Well, attachments have their own issues, so it depends what you're sending the attachment for. I really like the fact that now we have, you know, through Dropbox, through Google Drive, through OneDrive, we can share documents, we can share spreadsheets, we can share PDFs, and so everyone has the same copy, and you don't take up space on your server. If you're sending a link to a document and you're reading it on your phone, you're not downloading that to your phone, you're reading it on, online, so you're saving space in your own digital environment. And if it's something that you're sharing and you have a copy and I have a copy and they're different, how do we know which one supersedes? So mm -hmm. doing something online in a collaborative way, everyone has access to all the versions and everyone will always be up to date on what's happening. And there's even chat within documents. You can share a, a Google doc and chat right within the document. Do you think this needs to be changed? Do you want a different color here? How about changing the font? You, you can do that right inside the document with no email. I do that in Dropbox and we love it. So if I'm working on something, I'd forgotten that we do this. Of course, uh, I have a team and my virtual admin will frequently yep. be working on something with me and she is great at Divi in my website stuff mm -hmm. and I'm not. And so what we will do is I'll actually create the document in PowerPoint so not a document, but a slideshow. Right. And it'll lay out where I want everything to be put into that 
website page and then I'll put comments on the side. What do you think of this color? Should we insert this here? So that is a fantastic way to keep everything together. And then what she does is when she's accomplished it, she either writes done or deletes the communication. And then that way we know, which is a great way to communicate. I find, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, with Gmail, I find that that thing where you get the thread and there's nine emails going back and forth, eventually that thread is imploding my head. Well, you know, some people love conversation views. Other people don't like it. It does at least let you know that you're responding to the most recent discussion in that thread. Again, if things are getting that much commenting back and forth in the email, maybe that's not your number one communication tool for that particular topic. Right. And maybe that's the pick up the phone time. Exactly. I like how you're thinking. <laughs> I do too. I think that's awesome. And you know, it's funny because I have found in this sort of world of technology, I'm really reticent to just randomly pick up the phone. I mean, even before when we were getting everything ready, you and I were texting back and forth. And eventually, did I eventually call you? I think I did. Yeah. I at least thought in my mind you I need called to you. to know when to stop, when to stop your madness. <laughs> exactly. Stop the world. I need to get off. Yes, exactly. So, that kind of reminds me of that there are not only consequences in a cluttered inbox that are physical, they're also sort of emotional and mental consequences. Well, I'm not a proponent of inbox zero because that just doesn't work for me. Uh, it might take me weeks to get all the way down to inbox zero given any backlog, although I've got this really pretty well set now. But I want to kind of give hope for people who don't. Getting down to a dull roar is a great plan. And one of the softwares I use, because there are apps out there, is Maelstrom. And mm -hmm. Maelstrom is about $50 a year, and it allows me to unsubscribe, archive, etc. So like, I'll give you an example. I had tons and tons of emails from my folks over the years, and I really didn't know what was important and what was, was not important. And I didn't want to take eons of time going through all of it. So I figured it was just better to archive everything before I'm going to make up a date, 2018. Mm -hmm. And then that way now I only have to process old emails from 2019. And the fact is, is I never have to worry or fret because all those other ones are archived. So that's just me. I know you have some great pointers about inboxes being overload and what can happen you know, to your psyche and to your well-being when you've got these overloaded inboxes. Right. I mean, people tell you all the time, you know, they can't sleep at night because they've got 40,000 emails and they don't know, you know, where is the important work that I need to do? I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. You know, people look at it and they just, they just want to walk away from it. They close it. They come back to it. They feel that same loss of self-esteem every time they open it. They worry a lot. They lower their productivity because they're always mm. scrolling and searching and, and trying to find things. They have a lot of opening, open, what I call open loops where things are not complete. They never took that next action. They kind of know it's in there somewhere, but they don't actually execute. That's very, very difficult. So, you know, we want people to turn away from that and go towards what the actions are that they can do. So, as I said before, that little red X at the top is not your friend. Um, Steve Dotto on one of his uh, webinars was talking about, you know, just avoid that like the plague. Don't even touch it. And since I've heard that, it really resonates with me. So either you reply, you delegate it, you send it to someone else who it's their responsibility. You defer it. In Gmail, you can hit the little clock button at the bottom that says snooze. 
and you can tell it when to come back. I'm going to deal with this tomorrow at 10 and tomorrow at 10, it will be there in your inbox. It's kind of like the digital equivalent of our Swift file or the 43 folders method. Having it when you need it, that's, that's what's important. And then archive. In Gmail particularly, archive is all mail. So if you put it in the archive, you can still search for it any way you want. So stop worrying about it. Just move along. And again, you know, if you have that many emails that you really have to worry about, how am I going to do this? Start now. Start today. Do the today's mail, maybe yesterday's mail or this week's mail. And then work on that backlog a little bit at a time. There's ways that you can learn to search your email where you can delete massive amounts all at the same time. And that's something for, you know, a digital productive environment day where you spend the day just really getting that backlog taken care of. But start now. It's okay. You know, the, the mail you're getting today and this week is the important mail anyway. Right. What does uh, Barbara say? She says, uh, today's email, today's mail is tomorrow's, tomorrow's problem. Pile. Yep. Tomorrow's pile, tomorrow's pile problem. Similar. But yes, I agree. And that's the case with email too. So setting up the systems now to go forward is really just as good because now you've got a plan and it is sort of easy enough. You can say, okay, every Saturday I'm going to take 45 minutes and go through my inbox and clean out some of the old stuff because then you'll have the systems in place going forward. So you have a really cool sounding system. You call it your fame, your name for fame method. Right. Well, one of the things about email, when somebody sends you an email, it says re our meeting or about tomorrow or a week from now, a month from now, are you going to know what that is? No. So I like to have people named for fame. So it, fame stands for find, action, maintain, and explain. So find. Think about future you. If I'm looking for something about this email, how will I remember that? What is the word of words that really stand out to me about it? It should be in the title. Is it a proposal, a company policy? Are you asking for, you know, send me your trip report or send me your expense report? Is it some kind of an announcement that you're making? Put that in the title. And then think about when you're in there, what's the action that you want? Is it FYI? I mean, put FYI in the title. If this is only something I want you to know, maybe you're going to want to know it, maybe not. FYI in the title puts it in a whole different category for me. I don't need to worry about it so much. And then maintain. Keep using those same naming conventions. Mm-hmm. Don't abandon them just because something, something else occurred to you. Use the same names. It'll, it'll help you in searching and deleting and archiving and all those great things that you want to do with it later on. And then make sure that the title enlightens, elaborates, or expresses some information worth sharing so that the people that you're reaching out to will respect that it's something they should open. Agree. And I think what's really amazing about this as I'm listening to you talk about it, it dawned on me, this is really the same naming information we should consider when we're naming files in our computer, which will be a later episode this month where I'm going to talk about how do you name your files. And I know, Judy, you're going to be teaching a class on it in Productive Environment Network later this month. Is that a public class or a private class? I don't think the details are exactly worked out yet, but hopefully we'll have it open for everyone. Hopefully be public. And if it is, folks, I will find out and I will make sure either in the show notes or in a future episode to mention that because that's going to be really amazing. And Judy's going to be teaching that. Um, File naming is a whole other entity for another time, but recognizing, for example, when you name a file, what's the 
actionable step around that file. So I was just doing this in my um, CRM, customer relationship manager, CRM, where I noticed that I have a whole series of emails now. When there were six or seven automations in there, it wasn't so bad. But now that I'm up to about 15 automations, it dawns on me I'm struggling to find things. So I started going back and labeling them program dash what the program was. Uh, uh, thank you dash and then what that's about or welcome dash and what's that that's about so that there are different categories so now when i'm looking for a program i go right to the program same with your email so let's say you and i are creating a program together to give everyone an example mm -hmm. and we are we also are friends we do other things we did a wonderful mastermind retreat what just a week ago or was it two weeks yeah, seems seems like long a time ago but it was last it seems week. like long but i think it was just last week and it was amazing we had a great time it, let's say we were planning for that retreat you know every one of our emails could start retreat and then judy and i would know oh yeah this is information about the retreat Right. Uh, if we were working also on a program, we could say, okay, program dash, et cetera. And then right. that way you really have a system where if you're constantly sending emails back and forth with certain people, they know exactly what to look for on whatever topic. So now let's pretend we just hopped on a call and I see you, hey, Judy, did you see my email about the retreat? Oh, bingo. You can just pop in your email, type in the word retreat, and you're going to find it. Exactly. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Super way to keep organized. That's a system going forward. Right. So I right. think a big thing we teach in Productive Environment Network and learn in Productive Environment Network is to put systems in place that are for your future self right. as opposed to, woe is me, I'm still mired in 40,000 emails. Right. Anything that's named can be renamed and any system that you have can be refined. Uh, you know, when you think of a way to do it better, faster, more efficiently, with better results, do it. It'll help you. We're all striving to be more productive, but it all comes, you know, a step at a time. I think one thing people forget about productivity is, is it feels like so onerous. Oh, if I have to take three or four hours out of my day to do this over the course of say, I'm making it up a week, that feels really onerous and I can't squeeze that time in. But the fact is that's going to save you maybe two hours a week for the rest of your work life. So then you have to balance that time factor and see what's better for you. So Judy, oh my gosh, Judy sent me so many amazing strategies for Gmail success and email success. And I would love for you to share, say, maybe your top three favorite strategies that everyone can take away and use maybe starting today. Sure. Uh, well, one of my all-time favorites is changing an email into an event. So in Gmail, you click the more button and you can populate an event. It will take that email and put it on the day and time of your event or your appointment. And so all those details, like where do I need to go? What's the address? Wow. Are in your calendar. So in your Google calendar, you click on it and in the notes section is the email. So we don't need to where worry. Mine does that automatically. Am I making that up? I don't know. Maybe. I think I might have some auto things set with that where whenever I have something that comes up at his event, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, like pretty, it. it's pretty easy just to hit the more button. I mean, and you can also take that same email and create a task with it. So right. if you send me something and it needs me to do an action and I know I'm going to do it tomorrow, I can create a task 
and it will be in Google Tasks. So here I am in my Google Calendar with my Gmail and my tasks and Google Keep all at my fingertips. And I can work between one and the other just as quickly as possible and put things where they belong. And again, have them show up when I need and when I've planned to act on them. If I'm going to handle all those two little two, three minute tasks tomorrow at 10 and I put this tomorrow at 10, it'll be there for me and I can act on it and just move on with my day. So that's one big one. The other one is to master using filters. So you select an email in your inbox and then go to the um, filter email like this. And so if I'm looking for the email on a course that I signed up for and you know, this man, John, sent me all these emails, but they're smattered for the last two weeks and I haven't had a chance to process email. Um, I can filter all those emails and I can label them. I can move them to the archive. I can store them in the label. They're all neat and tidy and I've dealt with all of them all at once. And I'll tell you what that's great is clients. If you have multiple clients and you want to keep all your client information in one place. Right. So, you know, you can make the system as granular as you want. You can make it as broad as you want. I mean, some people just put everything in the all mail and they learn how to search and they Mm -hmm. master all the different search functions by date, by title, by subject, by size of the email, by size of the attachment, by whether it has an attachment. There's so many ways to search and mastering even a few of them, just even a basic set will make your life so much easier in your inbox. And then the other thing is enable the preview pane in Gmail so that you can turn it on and just see, you know, each email as you're going through the list, you can see it in the preview pane to the right or on the bottom of your email and you can turn it off just with the click of one button. You have to go to settings to enable that, but it's well worth having that so that you can just quickly jump from one email to the next and quickly act, especially when you see there's a bunch of emails that you can easily delete. Wow. Oh, and well, one bonus one, unsubscribe. Oh, yeah. Well, I I actually was going to ask you for a bonus one. So one of the things you had mentioned to me was auto advance, and it sort of boggles my mind. So I'd love to hear about how auto advance works. So when you're in your inbox, instead of clicking and this thing closes and now I got to go click on another thing, it will actually take you to the next one in the list. So I say archive and then the next one opens. I say delete and then the next one opens. I say reply, do my reply, the next one opens. So I'm actually not avoiding, and because this happens to a lot of people, is that they avoid those two or three sticky emails that need mm-hmm. something, a bigger decision and they just go with the easy ones, which that's a strategy too. But when it's presented to you one after the other, what do you think the chances are there are going to be things left when you're done? Right. I hear you. Even if it's just to snooze them and say, come back at four o'clock. I'm going to deal with, this needs a reply. So I'm going to deal with it at four o'clock, snooze it till four o'clock, come back to it at four o'clock. And easy I think the most important part of that is, is that it does come back and remind you because I can't tell you how often and how easy it is to just now ignore that. And 75 emails have come since and now it's sunk right. Once it's, off that, once, it's, once it's off that first page, out of sight, out of mind, baby, never to be seen again. And that's the other thing. You can change the density of your inbox. So you can have as many as a hundred show up right on that first page. So if that's how you like, you want to really get the big, you know, the 10,000 foot view because you get so many emails in a day so that you get to all of them, right. uh, you can do that or you can have as few as 10. So it's really, again, just do you. It, it, it really is okay. No one here is, is standing in judgment. 
Um, if it makes you feel calmer to only see 10 at a time, I think that's what you should do. Absolutely. I think that's my favorite mantra. We have many mantras, including together we're better, yep. as you can see, because here we are. No, in any other environment, I think it would be like, oh, you two are competitors, but not at all. We work together. We do things together. We have this great team and, and we all bring unique knowledge um, to the table, which is amazing. So I am just absolutely 100% thrilled you were here with me today, Judy. My pleasure. Uh, and, I, and you know I'm going to be in touch with you probably tomorrow. <laughs> we talk a lot. Uh, but for everybody else, they don't know how to find you. So what do you recommend for finding you? Well, I'm on the Productive Environment Network. You can find me there. I'm also at alwaysorganizedmass.com, M-A-S-S. And always is A-L-L-W-A-Y-S, organizedmass.com. Great. I'm going to have that in the show notes too. Thank you so much. This was amazing. A great walkthrough. Wait, you called it Inbox Purgatory. Hopefully they've moved from hell and they're now in purgatory. Exactly. We like that. That's, we have somewhere to go. How many rings are in purgatory? Seven? I'm going to have a Dante moment. Anyway, we're going, we're going to get them out of there too. Exactly. That's our plan. We're going we're gonna to save the world from Inbox Purgatory. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for coming on, Judy. Okay. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.